Today, I'm talking to Chelsea Moore, wife to professional snowboarder Pat Moore. Pat started his professional career on the competition circuit, but quickly made a name for himself riding both backcountry and in the street as a member of the forum team in the early 2000s. He has worked with some of the biggest names and brands in snowboarding over his nearly 20-year career, and most recently has found himself riding for Arbor based out of Tahoe. Join me in going behind the scenes with Chelsea Moore. Hey everyone, this is Emily Haran, and today we are going behind the scenes with Chelsea Moore. Welcome, Chelsea. Hello. Excited to have you on. Excited to talk about what it's like being a snowboard wife, raising a one-year-old in Tahoe, and everything in between. (laughs) Why uh, Why don't we start off with, can you tell me how you describe what Pat does for a living? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what Pat does for a living that my explanation of, has evolved. We've been together for 10 years. So <laughs> as the years go by, I change my answer to that question. So <laughs> this year, and I actually was just asked that this morning by our vet. So, Perfect. <laughs> so Pat is a professional snowboarder. And then usually the next question I get asked is, oh, what sort of competitions does he do? He doesn't compete. So, <laughs> so he is out filming himself in the backcountry, and he uses that footage for his sponsors to help promote what products are coming out the following season. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. He's out frolicking around in the woods all winter long in the snow filming himself he's a winter action sports model he is is. yeah and i actually tell rainy that our daughter now i I tell her that her dad is a model (laughs) i mean yeah not wrong (laughs) not wrong it's definitely not incorrect he is a model that wears a lot a lot of clothing yes Yes. multiple layers multiple <laughs> layers of clothing yes <laughs> okay and so do you snowboard do you ski are you out there as well I do snowboard I okay. I grew up so I grew up in Tahoe which is why we live here currently yeah. close to family have a kid just makes my life a whole lot easier I actually grew up when my young young years on skis and then when I was like 12 13 I switched to snowboarding And so I've been snowboarding since then, but I was definitely more, I wasn't like a super snowboard fangirl, I guess I would say. I like knew how to snowboard, but it wasn't, I actually grew up racing motocross. So that was Mm. my, more of my background. I worked in motorsports for a lot of years and I grew up on dirt bikes. So snowboarding was kind of like something I was proud of knowing how to do. And I was pretty good at it, like decent enough that I could navigate my way around a resort um but my like my area where I like really understood the sport was motocross so wow okay so I mean at least definitely familiar with like the action sports world I am yeah so I actually worked for Red Bull for I don't remember how many years in my early 20s and I worked in motorsports so that's um, more familiar with the motorsports world but Also, my brother grew up on mountain bikes, so I'm just familiar with the 
whole world of action yeah. sports, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of an interesting. Uh, if you crack the door to the action sports world, all of a sudden they all start pouring through. They all start pouring out. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of crossover. <laughs> Definitely. So you and Pat have been together for about ten years. When when did the two of you meet? Or how did the two of you meet? Yeah. So we met, we were both living in Venice Beach. I was working for Red Bull. Um, and he was sponsored by Red Bull. So <laughs> awkward. Um, but um, I didn't really know snowboarding. I worked, again, mm-hmm. I worked in motorsports. So I knew that he was involved with Red Bull. But we didn't actually really meet until one of... A friend of mine who was an athlete manager at Red Bull had Pat living at his house and I was always Uh, over at that house. And so that was kind of how we originally met and got to know each other. And he, yeah, I mean, we were friends for a year and a half, two years before we started dating. And I just kind of, you know, I just tried to mostly just be friends with most of the people that I worked with. Um, Yeah. He... He was he was a really nice guy, so we ended up just eventually starting to date, and you know, it, after a few years, it just kind of became really serious. And I just over time realized how unique of a person he was. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if he's in, you're in Venice Beach because you're working. Also, Southern California it makes mm-hmm. plenty of sense for dirt bikes, motocross, all yeah. that good stuff, but doesn't make a ton of sense for like a backcountry snowboarder no he was actually um, he was rehabbing a shoulder injury so Mm. if it wasn't a shoulder injury we probably wouldn't have had enough time both being in the same place to like really get each other so it was yeah probably that shoulder injury is was a a blessing in disguise (laughs) yeah always always good to find a silver lining there exactly that's the silver lining but once the shoulder was healed he was out so that yeah made the relationship world a little bit challenging but um yeah where where was he for like backcountry snowboarding was he was he ever in like the tahoe area or was he kind of bouncing around back in the day people filmed in tahoe more and then because of climate change things Mm -hmm. have you know evolved in the tahoe area and it's more difficult for people to film in tahoe because the snowpack is a lot less consistent so it's it's really a toss-up where he is you know these days over the last 10 years he's been all over the globe europe sometimes japan is really good usually around this time of the year january february in the summer, sometimes he doesn't go do this as much anymore, but he used to go to Chile or um, Australia in the summer. Mm. And then yeah. he does a lot of filming in uh, Wyoming area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Utah. We lived in Salt Lake City for a little while and um, he would film a lot there. And then we moved to Tahoe and things have kind of changed because simultaneously COVID happened when we moved to Tahoe. So the last few years ah. have just been real anomaly (laughs) yeah yeah okay so you guys you guys started dating in venice beach and then his shoulder eventually gets better and he kind of dips out did you do like a little distance for a while yeah so he once his shoulder was healed he moved back to salt lake city to be closer to snow that was about a year and a half after we were kind of hanging out yep and at the time i was like okay well 
Peace out. Actually, no, sorry, that's totally wrong. He moved back to Salt Lake City six months after we were dating. And then a year after that is when I was like faced with a decision. So he, yeah, he moved to Salt Lake City six months after we started dating. I was going back and forth to Salt Mm. Lake City. Sorry, my, I had a baby and things change with your memory. (laughs) No words. Um, So he, he moved back to Salt Lake. We were going back. I was going back and forth. He was sometimes in Venice because all of his sponsors were in SoCal. Yeah. And then after a year of that, I was like, okay, I like I had a crazy hectic job. I was traveling a lot. I was trying to juggle maintaining our relationship. Me being the one that had to travel everywhere to see him. Yeah. I also traveled about half the year for work myself. <sighs> So I was finding that I was literally like landing at the airport from a work trip and going straight to another flight to go see him somewhere. And I just started to watch my mental health tank, my personal life tank. Like it was just, I hit a point where I was like, this is super unsustainable. And simultaneously at the time, I just, I wasn't super happy in my job anymore. I had gotten into a mountain bike accident and broke my collarbone Mm. and had a pretty bad concussion. And so mm. it just all kind of culminated at one time to where yeah. I just took a sabbatical, quit my job, took a year off. Um, I ended up spending, I was going to move back to Tahoe. And then I ended up spending the year in Salt Lake and the rest is kind of history. I just like went back to school, changed my career. Oh, wow. And just really settled into that role of being the snowboard significant other. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I cannot imagine traveling like that, like oh, constantly yeah. back to back. Like at, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 30 and all, all I can think is like your skin gets so dry because you're so dehydrated. Oh, on the yeah. Planes. You're not it's, getting good sleep. It's I just hate, like I'm traumatized. I have PTSD from planes now to where when I go to the airport, it's like a full out like ordeal. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can imagine. I hate flying. <laughs> I yeah. despise flying now. Um, I hate going to the, like, airports give me such bad anxiety. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't travel as much as I used to. I think I, like, got it all out of my system. So. Yeah, that that <laughs> makes sense. And Salt Lake City, beautiful city to move to to kind of, like, rehab your whole mind, body, and soul. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's really pretty. The winters mm-hmm. are there a little rough because there's a gnarly, like, inversion that happens with the air. Yeah. So that's shitty. Um, but it was a great place for me to land especially after being in LA and like I'm just not like a rat race kind of a person I'm not super into the Hollywood scene like it was cool for a few years I got that out of my system in my early 20s and I'm thankful that I did um but it wasn't my vibe (laughs) and I was super happy to be in a much more slow-paced area I always think like your early 20s are a great time to go. I mean, that's the perfect time to be working really hard because you yeah. still have the energy. And then For once sure. you hit once you hit that breaking point, you're like, okay, now I can actually make a pretty informed decision. What oh, yeah. do I want my life to look yeah. like? Boundaries. And, so you learn boundaries. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> yeah. So then you move to Salt Lake City and you get into the world of snowboard wives or whatever. I think or I would assume working at Red Bull, you had a pretty good exposure to like the lifestyle of Red Bull athletes. But 
getting into like the intimate relationship side and it not being competition snowboarding yeah what and and it also sounds like you grew up like more resort riding than heading yeah. out back country what was that like for you like you're going out and hiking around to maybe get a couple runs in like are you insane <laughs> yeah so i didn't like so of course being at red bull i was always watching these films that red bull mm-hmm. was producing you know I, my world was mostly motorsports but i was mm-hmm. constantly subjected to the world outside of just the motorsports department mm-hmm. so <laughs> i was seeing what skate films were like and what snowboard yep. films were like and i'd watch these snowboard films and be like whoa like that's really cool and then I saw the behind the scenes of how they're made. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is who in their right mind is doing this. This sucks, man. Like, you guys are out <laughs> at like four or five in the morning and it's mm-hmm. freezing tits out there. And mm-hmm. you're out until past the sun goes down and yep. you bring like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with you. But and that's it. you're just out there and you do this like you racked all your body into the ground over and over and over again for like a week on end and then maybe just maybe you get about 30 seconds of footage out of that yeah it's insane what yeah Yeah, so it was definitely an eye-opener being on like the back behind the scenes or the the back end of how that actually works because in my mind like he was out stacking runs like having the time of his life landing every trick first go (laughs) and just like you film the whole video in a week right no it's like six months and maybe like he gets one good shot in a week but there would be so many like back-to-back day multiple days in a row where he'd come home from filming and just like not get any shots because he wasn't landing any of his tricks or the weather wasn't landing that's the other thing the weather being at the mercy of the weather is painful. I can't. There's almost like a parallel with surfing, right? Like the ocean has to be working for you for you to be able to for do sure. anything. There but is, then like there is yeah. a parallel. The only difference is surfing, you go to cool places. Yeah. Snowboarding, <laughs> you don't. Snowboarding, you're going to like literally the coldest, most the remote middle places of possible. Nowhere, Wyoming, where there's like nothing. Yeah. Um, you're driving for hours through terrible snow yeah Yeah. i mean i did one trip with pat to to switzerland we did switzerland and italy Mm. and he filmed there and that was awesome but like filming in the states like you're not going to cool spots i mean it's it's cool like depending on what your perspective of cool is if you like to freeze your ass off and be like in the (laughs) middle of nowhere with no access to like anything it's pretty but like after a while you're like I'm going to lose my mind. So yeah. you're not like, it's not like you're going to like Bali or yeah. like Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Pat must have like a crew of people he goes with regularly, right? Like, does he have like a filmer? And Yeah. So generally throughout the winter, he'll have a filmer and a photographer. Sometimes there'll be multiple filmers, multiple photographers. Yeah. Usually it's just one and one. Yep. And then, yeah, again, if he's filming with other snowboarders, sometimes they'll come with their own filmer and photographer, too. So kind of just depends on who that he's filming with. But generally, he doesn't have one specific filmer that he works with every season. He's had a few throughout the last 10 years that we've been together that have been 
pretty consistent and they're amazing. Like I've spent a lot of time with them and they're like great, great friends to us. Um, yeah. But it just depends on the project. Like some, some films it's like, oh, they already have filmers lined up for it. Yep. And then, yeah, sometimes he's having to piece together what he's working on and that's mm. when he find his own filmer. It's really changed a lot over the last few years. Like I've been yeah. with him long enough to just witness the evolution of yeah. snowboarding and to see how, you know, they used to feel, have these big video projects every winter where it was like yep. this one project they were working on and there were multiple writers, multiple filmers, multiple photographers. And it was like this one film and the film would be like 30 minutes or whatever. And it would come out at the beginning of the following winter. And now with social media, it's just totally changed the landscape. And so now it's yeah. like these clips, like, you know, Instagram clips or five, 10 minute YouTube clips. And it's really yeah. changed how snowboarding works. Like he's kind of having to create his own projects instead of there being like these five big snowboard films every winter. Yeah. It's it's just very different. So that's that's really interesting. And at the same time, that must also change like the opportunity for sponsorships because to be like to survive doing it, you probably got to really rely on the sponsorships. And so I would imagine on the one hand, social media actually expands your visibility there, but it also kind of narrows the craft of it a little bit. Yeah, I think and this is uh, this is Chelsea's perspective, not, <laughs> not, not um, snowboarding's perspective. But from my perspective, social media has diluted the sport or the profession in a lot of ways because anyone can be a professional, yeah. I'd say in quotes, snowboarder now if they're yeah. just stacking clips and they have gotten really good at creating a following on Instagram. Yeah. So that doesn't like, it just, I want to say it's just diluted the value of it. So like mm -hmm. sponsors don't like, they're not, they don't have to pay as much because yeah. there's plenty of people with large followings on social media that are, you know, good enough snowboarders that will do it for free stuff or yeah. less money or whatever. So I just feel like it's, it's, yeah, like people are, social media has just created this like ADD, ADHD type world where people only have the attention span for like a five minute Instagram clip and not a lot yeah. of people are like watching these long snowboard films, which I have so much nostalgia for like the longer films that are like to good music and you like put it on your TV and you like get all excited to watch it and you do it the night before you go out and snowboard and yeah. You just get like all amped up and like, I don't think that's really happening as much anymore. And it's sad. So my, my husband and I have just watched just before we started our like ski snowboard season. Um, we watched NAR. It's this great video of like when squad palisades gets dumped on, yeah. everyone goes up to the fingers and they are like, you get to watch some of the best skier snowboarders in the world, like just having fun doing tricks. And they made an entire movie out of just like how they gamified doing different tricks, different jumps. And it's just, it was so fun to watch. And then to then be like a month later scrolling through Instagram being like, oh, this is a different 
vibe of yeah. how everyone's putting their stuff out. I don't know. Like, I feel like when you scroll Instagram, like, you don't get that same hype when you watch some, yes. like, I don't know, minute long Instagram clip because you're just, there's so much content. You're so bombarded with so many things that it's mindless. Like, you're not really yes. there when you're watching it. You're not yeah. fully, like, present for what you're watching because it's just so fast versus like yeah full-blown like film like it has good music it has more story it has like yeah personality personality like it's yeah. just I don't know like I feel like I was so much more inspired when back in the day when there were all these and we did it, it was that way in in you know motocross too like I remember growing yeah. up watching moto films like and we would watch yeah. a, a a video like the day before we'd go and ride and we were just so psyched like it just yeah it's just not that way anymore and i blame instagram yeah i mean totally because it's totally made everyone just scroll oh yeah. three seconds in not interesting scroll and it's like yeah well there used to be a really great long intro to lead up to kind of sure. like build the excitement and now it's like you gotta hook them in the first yeah. like two seconds no, for sure and half the time i feel like it's something ridiculous to like get people's attention yes like, my mom died just kidding here's a f video of me doing a backflip it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah yeah how has pat had to like change does does he do his own instagram stuff because like that means he has to navigate creating i mean going from doing his sport and creating these cool films into being like, okay, well now I actually, it's like, I actually have to put something out that captures everyone's attention to get the views so that it's worthwhile for the sponsor so that I can, yeah. it's like a vicious cycle. And is, is he the one figuring all of that out for himself? Yeah. So he does his own social media, but mm -hmm. I really admire his, just his mentality, and this goes back yeah. to kind of who he is as a person, but he doesn't really buy into that shit, which mm. I respect. Um, yeah. And he's also really big on his Instagram about lifting other people up, which I also really respect. Yeah. Um, and he's constantly posting stuff of other snowboarders, younger snowboarders. Yeah. The history of snowboarding. Like, he lives and breathes snowboarding, and he loves it so much that he, like, he he's not trying to, like go out and like do the craziest trick to get a lot yeah. of views. Like that's not what his mentality is anymore. Like he's really in it for the long haul with snowboarding and he wants yeah. snowboarding to continue for years and years. And so he, I think his mentality with his Instagram is more about, you know, lifting the sport up and being authentic mm. to who he is and fulfilling his sponsorship obligations and lifting yeah. other snowboarders up, which I respect. And you mentioned you mentioned that he's traveling for all the snow, like all of this stuff. Probably both passion projects and you know sponsorship obligations. How long? How much of the year is he traveling? Like how how often are you kind of rocking the house by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that's a constant um, point of I don't want to say contention. I'll say point of debate. Debate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So up until I got pregnant, mm -hmm. um, he was gone about half the year, I would say, maybe less. Yeah. Like our rule of thumb is that he couldn't be gone for more than two weeks at a time. Like yeah. we, we, if he's gone for like, there's been winters where he would be gone for a full month and I wouldn't see him for Oof. a full month. 
but we tried to structure it to where, and this again, prior to us having a family, we'd structure it to where he couldn't be gone for ideally longer than two weeks. Otherwise, like for me, it's just started to get pretty hard. hard. Um, So generally he starts filming around November, December. And by filming, it's more him kind of like warming up the legs and kind of getting back on his board. And then January, February, March are pretty big film months where he's like really hitting it hard. April, May is more like spring riding. So it's less serious, more wrapping things up a little bit. And then again, in the the summer, usually around August, he would either go to Chile or to Australia. Okay. Um, So on the one hand, that's a ton of travel. But on the other hand, you've got like late spring, all of early to mid summer together. Yeah. So he, he would be home like June, July, September, October. Yeah. So like four solid months of him being home. And this, you know, he, over the last few years, he has started working on things outside of snowboarding. So Mm. he has, I don't want to call it a summer job, but for one of, (laughs) for Liquid Death, who he's been working for, um, for gosh, I think since 2020, his role with them wasn't necessarily to be a sponsored athlete, but to be an employee. Mm. So he, like a lot of what he does for liquid death isn't necessarily like sponsorship snowboard work. Like he actually works for them. And so he doesn't have to do as much in the winter when he's snowboarding, but he works, he does a lot of that type of work in the summer too. So he's home, but he's still definitely working. He never stops working. Like he, (laughs) Even with snowboarding stuff, like when when there's no snow, he's talking about snowboarding or he's working on plans for the falling winter or he's building, you know, avalanche classes or he's conceptualizing, creating new brands or like whatever. Like he's he's nonstop. Like snowboarding is just always there the bane. yeah so i mean so that means i would guess is that when whenever he retires from being like the actively sponsored guy he's staying in the snowboard scene yeah i don't see him ever leaving snowboarding there's some <laughs> days where he like talks about moving to a remote island and just like mm-hmm. doing something entirely different but that's not happening i yeah. know for certain that he's too much of a snowboard nerd and he will never walk away from snowboarding and not be involved so (laughs) well you know at least he found a passion that's you know yeah that's great he 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 did yes he certainly did (laughs) yeah sometimes i'm like i wish i wish i felt that strongly about one single thing i know right it, but, I feel like it would make things easier, maybe. I don't know. It's a special type of brain. <laughs> yes. In many ways, I think it would help like with just like decision making. You're like, yes. well, I know I want to do this, so everything else. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, it's also like, well, I want to do this, so I, I'm not going to do all of these other yeah. things. Yeah. I, you know, I try to climb inside of his brain from time to time and just really <laughs> understand like how how it operates i haven't quite cracked it yet but he just yeah it's it definitely takes a special person special type of brain to be that dedicated to something and it comes with its own challenges too like the pressure of it i see weighing on him a lot 
Oh yeah. Um, and just the constant need to be on top of his game and progressing yeah. what he's doing. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. The mental, like there's obviously the physical hurdle, but also that mental hurdle of try, like, right. Of trying to yeah. be always pushing forward in some way is mm-hmm. it's a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of stress. And I, I want to say I, I carry a lot of that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to, right? As like yeah. a partnership and when it weighs it on up. him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so you have a baby. Very right. fun. How did well, you. technically a toddler now. I've learned Oof. there is a difference. <laughs> Getting closer to the terrible twos or whatever yeah, that phase whatever is. Whatever it is. How yeah. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, so how did, how did the two of you talk about like, when I mean the timing is never right to have a kid but when is the right time for Pat and you to both think about your careers building a family what that means for his travel like there's a lot of layers in there how did you yeah so when we when we um decided that I guess there's multiple layers to the how I'm gonna answer this (laughs) yeah go for Um, it (laughs) we knew well we knew when we, after we were married, that we did want to have kid potential S mm-hmm. one or yep. two. <laughs> yep. And at the time when we kind of came to that conclusion, we had to start thinking about how is this going to be realistic yeah. given that I like to have something going for myself and not like, yes. I don't want to just be a mom. And then given the fact of, you know, Pat's career. So we made the decision to move to Tahoe before we had a kid, knowing that we'd be closer to my family. Mm -hmm. So that was the main impetus for us moving to Tahoe. And then COVID happened. And so it was like, I'm a little scared to like procreate right now. So we waited a a couple years (laughs) and he did natural selection which is actually he doesn't usually do contests but he did natural yeah. selection one year which is an awesome backcountry contest cool. um, and he did really well and then after that it was like okay i'm not getting any younger um and i don't want to like as I'm a already, woman yeah, that clock that clock is ticking i'm already pretty beat up and tired and the older <laughs> i get the more beat up and tired i'm gonna get so let's get this ball rolling so we did and a part of us doing that, we knew that he was going to have to scale back on the amount of time that he was gone. So we timed our pregnancy. We did our best to time it so that she was born in the spring, which ended up being, it took me a few months to get pregnant. So um, turns out you can't really decide when they're going to get pregnant. It's it's weirdly (laughs) not on demand. (laughs) Not on demand, turns out. Um, So I, in my mind, I was like, okay, we're going to get pregnant right now. And then it didn't happen. I was like, okay, well, this throws off my strategy a little bit. So (laughs) she ended up being born in July, which fortunately was also you know still during the summer so he was home he didn't go anywhere that summer he stuck around so that we had a solid like five months before he started traveling so she was five months old he started going back to work and i was like oh shit here we go and it was really hard (laughs) yeah Uh, spoiler it was really really hard (laughs) um so 
he did get some phone calls when he was gone that you know me freaking out a little bit uh, my mom yeah. was you know pretty helpful it we're just it there's a, a lot of variables that have happened with my you know in my family where my mom can't yeah. be around as much because she's taking care of her mom who yeah is old now and so it's just it's hard like you just think in your mind like oh it'll be great my mom will watch her no you know, you have a baby and it turns out the baby wants you and you're yeah. breastfeeding and breastfeeding is really hard on your body and you're really tired. Yeah. And there's just, it was, I wasn't fully prepared for how difficult it is to have a baby. I don't know that anyone is, I, but like. I will say it's gosh. the best thing I've ever done. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where it like pushes your I feel like before you have a kid, you live life within like two guardrails, almost like you have like the rails up when you're bowling and then yeah. you have a kid and those rails go away and you're live you're like the, the, the degree to which you can feel like angry and like really hard feelings and the degree to which you can experience happiness and joy have expanded so much. And you just oscillate Ooh. back and forth between like yeah. the hardest day of your life to the best day of your life, and then the hardest day of your life, and then the best day of your life. <laughs> and that's kind of the roller coaster that I've been on for the last uh, yeah. year and a half. <laughs> but she's one and a half now, and it gets, you know, get, I feel like it's gotten a lot easier. But that first year, man, it was, it was brutal. He didn't leave as much again, but he still had to go yeah. on some trips to fulfill some obligations. And we just got through it and did the best that we could and it was what it yeah. was <laughs> when i think about like backcountry skiing and snowboarding there is a different type of risk associated with that because yeah. you're you know and obviously pat knows what he's doing but there's still that risk did bringing your child into the mix change your like nervousness or concern about him being out Riding. Yeah, I would. Yes. The answer to that is yes. Um, <laughs> hard yes. <laughs> hard yes. I, after Rainy was born, I was doing, I was cruising. Like I mm -hmm. did really great the first five months. And then when he went back to, you know, work and snowboarding, mm -hmm. I feel like I started understanding what postpartum depression and anxiety is. Ah, and yep. so and a lot of it was because I had been breastfeeding for five months. I was super depleted. I had really bad diastasis recti, which is when your abs split from pregnancy. So I had no oh, core yeah, strength. Yeah. My Ugh. back was spasming all the time. Like it was just really a really difficult time. And I was alone. And also we got like a hundred feet of snow in Tahoe yeah. last winter. So mm -hmm. our roof was like the fire department said our roof was going to collapse. Like it was just a nightmare. And Pat was also, yeah, also like having to leave. And so yeah. I really struggled with postpartum anxiety, which mm -hmm. is not like normal anxiety. And I was not no. ready for that. And so I had to do a lot of my own personal work around how to work with that anxiety. And I have an amazing therapist that I work oh. with. Um, yeah, I highly recommend therapy. Um, yeah. But she, <laughs> she's been amazing just in helping me just kind of sit with you know, the anxiety around, you know, it's his life and it, there's just the stakes are a lot higher now. Like it, yeah. I, in the past, like I, you know, I grew up on dirt bikes, like I get it. Yeah. And so I, it never really bothered me to be honest. People used to yeah. always ask me like, are you worried he's going to be in an avalanche? And my answer was always like, he's really, you know, he really analyzes risks. He, yeah. he, 
just knows his avalanche safety protocols and procedures and he practices them and I trust him. And now with a kid, it's like, okay, like I do trust him. I really do. And I know that he's not out there doing stupid shit, but there are thoughts that cross my mind of like, hmm, being a single mom, a solo mom would be really hard. I'd be pissed. I think I'd be pissed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's there's definitely another layer to it, but I think my work has been in not putting that on him because I think, you know, I've done a lot of personal growth over the last 10 years that we've been together. And I've learned that, you know, there's stuff that is my own to, to work on and it's not, you know, it's not something I can put on him. And so I do a lot of my own personal work around finding comfort and safety and, trust and faith in everything working out as it's supposed to and not letting the fear of that overrun my life. And that, you know, I did a lot of that work last winter and now I feel like I'm in a pretty good place with it, which, you know, I'm also past like the immediate postpartum phase and my hormones are a little bit more in balance. (laughs) So yeah, it's easier this winter for sure. For sure. And, and do you feel like, Pat took on some of that anxiety for himself as well, or is he good um, at compartmentalizing? He's not, not good saying, at compartmentalizing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, yes and no. Um, he doesn't, I think I absorb a lot of his anxiety more so mm. than he absorbs mine. Yep. I think it becomes an issue when I get so overwhelmed by all of it yeah. that, yeah. I need, I'm going to him to support me through it when he can't, it's, you know, work I need to do on my own. And I, you know, I, we, the two of us together have a therapist that we work with once a month. And I honestly, that's been the best thing I think that we've done for our relationship and our partnership and our marriage is be really proactive in having very clear, open communication about how we're feeling and where we're at and using that space with a third party that can help us better articulate what we're feeling and better articulate what our needs are. It's really helped us learn how we can meet each other where we're at and what we each need throughout the year, throughout the winter. And yeah, I, I think doing that together has shown us where we each individually need to do our work so that we're not causing each other stress or anxiety and we're not like feeding off of it. Um, yeah. And resentment's a big thing too. Like, I think resentment's a big word that comes into play when you have a kid, especially when someone has a big career in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And And so I've had to learn like, you know, and him too, you know, like I, I, I want to do things too. It's not, yeah. I just, I don't want to just sit at home and do nothing but be a mom and, and completely let go of my personal life to support his snowboarding career. And I fully support his snowboarding career and I'm proud of him and all that stuff, but I have, you know, dreams and desires for myself too. And so he's been really good about when he is home being really present with Randy so that I can have a day mm-hmm. to myself and helping me figure out ways to where I can still keep my business afloat while he could still do what he needs to do. And it's just, it's really 
you know, I've learned like you can't, if I feel a tinge of resentment towards him for whatever reason, for being able to go off for a week and a half and do his own thing, which like, yeah, man, like that must be nice. nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I can't hold on to resentment because that's where I think, you know, partnerships, because we're on the same team. And I constantly remind myself of that. Like we're on the same team. He has had a long, successful snowboarding career. He's so good at what he does. I'm so proud of everything that he's done. And I can't let this like jealousy or resentment override that. And I'm constantly checking myself on that. And I I think, yeah, just, you know, having time where we set aside time and we sit together and we really deeply talk through things is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. And it, it, it makes me wonder, like, how how have the two of you made it work so that, you know, you are able to support him, you are able to raise your beautiful child, and you're also able to keep your business going and thriving. And how how long have you had your business? Let's so, tell, tell us a little bit about yeah. what you do. Oh, you want to learn a little bit about me? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I th- yeah, I think this podcast interview in itself is a, a good uh, uh, overview of what my relationship with that is like. It's like, oh, your husband's a professional snowboarder, and then it's like an hour later, oh, do you work? <laughs> um, it is. It is so hard to figure out, like, because every significant other is like this is what I get asked about, like probably 80% of the time. Yeah. It's like, how do we weave this over? Cause like, I've been on your Instagram page. I know you have a business, but also like, it is really fascinating to hear how you think about his career, your role in supporting and enabling that and how that impacts you. And so it's, it's kind of a funny um, line to toe yeah. as a podcast person. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so he, okay. I'm trying to think of how to best approach this answer. It's hard. I will (laughs) preface it with that. Of course. Um, I ended up going back to school and getting my master's degree in clinical nutrition and integrative medicine. Um, Mm -hmm. I did that before we got married. And then I graduated right around the time that we got married. So that was five years ago. And then I had to do like a bunch of clinical hours and rotations and certifications and exams and all that jazz and so that took about a year and then I started my business after because for me to go and get a full-time job for someone else that's controlling my time in my life just doesn't work for our program Um, (laughs) because like sometimes it's like oh it's snowing in wherever next week you want to come and yeah usually I will want to go and I can't if I'm tied to a job so yeah I decided that it was going to be better for the structure of our marriage and our partnership to have more control over my time and so I just started my own business knowing that it was gonna be a lot harder in some ways but also I could do it on my own time totally so I did that you know four or five years ago now and it's you know I don't have all the time in the world to put into it and I'm okay with that like I I also am the type of person that you know I don't really believe in 
in burning myself out and working myself into the ground. Yeah. I, I'm pretty clear on what my values are and I value my family and family time and my personal happiness more than I value a career in quotes. Yeah. But I do value passions and purpose. Yeah. So I value yeah. passions and purpose more than I value career. So mm-hmm. when I made the decision to leave Red Bull, it was essentially me coming to the realization that it didn't fit within my top three values to yeah. have a big career. Again, with that said, like I do really value purpose and passions. And so for me, I, I get a lot of purpose out of being able to help other people and mm-hmm. Personally, with my concussion history and just, you know, some health issues that I've struggled with throughout my life because of concussions. And it's really fulfilling to me to be able to serve other people and help improve their lives in some regard. And so to be able to take part in that purpose consistently is is amazing. And and what the structure that we've kind of created is, you know, in the winter, I just know that Pat's probably going to be gone for about a third of the month. And so we have, we do a little nanny share in our neighborhood with another family where we have a nanny. We set the cost. That's nice. uh, Two days a week, um, Rainey's with a nanny and those two days I use to, to do my own work. And, you know, it's not enough time to like keep a business like super successful, but it's part-time work, I would say. Um, So I have clients two days a week and I could work on some of the marketing stuff. I have to wear a lot of hats running my own business. Yeah. And so doing a lot of the back end stuff takes time, but I'm doing it. I'm yeah. figuring it out. I don't have all the answers. That's for sure. But yeah. it seems to be kind of working since Rainy was born. I took a year off. So I'm kind of rebuilding everything wow. right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have Pat's full support to do whatever it is that I want to do, but it is, it is hard to like know that I think the hardest part in going back to work for me was like feeling like I was taking the money I was making and paying someone else to watch my kid, which felt super yeah. wrong at first. Yeah. But then I've realized it's enabling me to use my brain for something that's fulfilling and, you know, just keep my own interests and passions going. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's getting easier as she gets a little bit older. But uh, the other five days a week, I'm just full on mom mode, and yeah. she's eating right now, so it's another bag of <laughs> challenges. But um, yeah, I, honestly, I feel like I wake up every morning and just start sprinting, and sometimes I hit a wall, yeah. but most of the time I make it through the doorway. <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy amount of things to be balancing or juggling is probably the better phrase, right? Like raising a child is probably the biggest one, but then having your partner have such an all encompassing career while trying to get yours to a spot where it can kind of hum along on its own. And it's totally worthwhile because it feeds your brain and your soul. But then you look at the 24 hours in a day and you're like, Oh shit. That is so much. That's, That is wild. Do you, so obviously, I mean, 
I'm fully agree here. Therapists, a great thing to add to your life. But outside of that, do you have like a community of people who have significant others with similar jobs to Pat or are in the same space as you are of like, I'm building my own business and it's fucking hard. Do you have like a community that you can kind Um, of lean on? So we have a good little community here in Tahoe of friends that also have kids, which is amazing. Some of them, you know, have their own little business. Um, Some of them work for other companies some of them aren't working right now, which is yeah. also amazing because being a mom is hard as shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's harder. Yeah. Being a full-time mom is harder than working, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because there's uh, no, you don't clock out, you know? No, there's you no. can't clock out. Uh, <laughs> and I have an amazing support network. The caveat is none of them have husbands that are professional. Mm snowboarders or athletes and models uh, yeah professional models they're not they don't have model husbands Um, so in that regard no like and that's been tough for me I don't I feel like we've never been fully surrounded by and when we lived in Salt Lake there were a lot more More. people that were either you know wives or girlfriends of other professional snowboarders but the thing is it's kind of like a, a good analogy is people expect moms like to just like, Oh, like be friends with her. Like you're both moms, but like just because we both have kids doesn't mean that we have anything else in common. So it's kind of similar. I would say like, there's just so many variables. Like the fact that I have a kid, the fact that I do have my own business, like not all significant others to athletes are interested in the same thing as me or are doing the same thing. So I wouldn't say that I have a big group of girlfriends that are in a similar situation as me, which definitely makes it tough because, you know, in the winters here in Tahoe, like I don't have friends here that have husbands that are just gone most of the winter. So, and there's no, like, they all understand like, Oh, it's tough, but you don't know until you're like doing it yeah, yourself. So you're <laughs> but, going to bed every night by yourself with yeah, a exactly. crying kid for two weeks straight. <laughs> for sure. um, when we lived in Salt Lake, I had a, a, a smaller group of friends um, and we called ourselves the winter widows, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't live close to each other anymore. Yeah. Which is hard. But I know like there's been times where I'm, you know, especially last winter where I was like, holy shit and I have a friend that lives in Portland now um her husband is a snowboard photographer and Ah. I would say that she is probably my closest friend that actually like really gets it because they have a daughter too so (laughs) yeah um so I've called her before and like hey took me off the ledge (laughs) yeah uh so yeah losing it (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah it's I mean it's such a unique position to be in I think, you know, when you were talking about resentment with Pat, I think there has to also be like moments where you resent your friends and you're like, yeah, oh, you think your life is hard. Have you seen what I've been doing? And it's, and, and that like, I mean, I think 
it takes a special type of person to do what Pat does. It takes a st- special type of person to be with someone like Pat. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think it's really easy to just be like, fuck this. Like, why did I take the hard route? But there's also the entire upside of like the very cool life that you get to live, being able to have someone who supports you doing your business and then getting to raise a family with two parents who are like embodying the entire value system that you believe in. And that's, yeah, that's nice. For sure. It's a long game. A long it, game. For sure. It's, um, <laughs> I, I feel like at the end of the day, I go to bed so grateful for the life yeah. that I have. There are some nights where I am like, oh my God, how am I going to survive this week? And I just want to like get on a plane and fly to Hawaii by myself and yep. turn my phone <laughs> off. Um, but most days I am so grateful for the life that we've created together. And yeah. I feel so fortunate that we are in this space where we both for the most part again get to be super present with our daughter and we get to we get to be really clear on what our values are and we're not stuck clocking into a nine to five job that we hate and just to take it back to like what you said about feeling resentment towards some of my friends that's like you have no idea how hard it is I think that having a kid honestly has like totally done a 180 on my mm. comparison mentality I think it's so easy yeah. for us to compare ourselves to someone else but what I've learned through becoming a mom is like everyone is dealing with their own bag of heart yeah. <laughs> and yeah. no bag of heart is any easier than another bag of heart yeah. and so yeah. just having compassion instead of resentment for everyone else's bag of heart is the way to live yeah <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. It's good learnings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's, I have friends that like had a baby and had to go back to work a month after like, yeah, holy shit. That's barbaric. <laughs> that's terrifying. And so I, you know, in that sense, I would take my heart over that hard. <laughs> yes, totally. So, I don't know. It's all hard. So just it's, be nice it's... to each other. <laughs> yeah. It's all, we're all just trying our best. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. And so when you think about, you know, maybe expanding your family or like what your life looks like in the next five, 10 years, how do you think about, because it sounds like you are very intentional about how you guys are building your life. And so do you and Pat kind of really think about like, okay, we might need to put some time markers on if we want another kid, if Pat needs to wind things down or switch how his snowboarding career presents itself. Do you really intentionally plan for that longer term? Oh yeah. We're, we're both planners. We're both very intentional over analytical people. Um, (laughs) We're not wingers. Like we had everything planned out to a T with how we were going to start a family. Like we moved to Tahoe two years before even doing it. So (laughs) yes, we are, we're over analytical people. Um, And we've had a lot of conversations about it. Like we go back and forth between, do we just want to have one? Do we want to have another kid? It's hard, man. I, I love the idea of my daughter having a sibling, but I also love the idea of my daughter having a mentally stable mother. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um 
two two big options here. I know, it's really hard. Um, so some days I'm like, yes, I could totally have another one. And then half the days I'm like, hell no. So I'm still, yeah. it's still like very 50-50 right now. And I need it yeah. to be like a solid 75-25 for me to for have sure. a second. And yeah. part of the conversation with Pat has been, I can't have two kids Yeah, if you're still going to be snowboarding as much as you are and gone a lot so we'll see i you know i'm 34 i technically still have time time. feel like my back might be broken by the time (laughs) i have a (laughs) the second pregnancy may knock you out (laughs) might wipe me out um (laughs) physically it's been really hard to recover from the first one so we'll see i mean if his snowboarding kind of winds down Maybe, but I do not want to just willy nilly have a second one. Yeah, because it'll be so fun. <laughs> because of, I, I just, I just know, I know. Like I remember the hard, yeah. and I have yeah. to be very intentional with protecting our well being as a top yeah. priority. And the ship, the whole ship, will sink if we were to have a second kid right now. So I just, you know, I, I think it's important for Pat to if he's not snowboarding anymore to have a better idea of like what it is what comes yeah. next and not put the pressure of a second kid on him without him knowing that because trying yeah. to figure out like you know all he's known is snowboarding since he was a little kid and so to have the pressure of like yeah changing your whole transition. identity and that transition yeah. if he does make well, that transition at the same time yeah. as having a second kid and it being like 150% chaos at the house all the time. I just, I don't really want to live in that kind of chaos all the time. So, yeah, it's not really f- worth it for anyone to force that kind of no. a decision. I don't and think I so. think, yeah, and I think that's what's nice about like the social emotional development of humanity is like our generation, as we have kids, are much more thoughtful of like, yeah is that a situation I want to be in? Because like, that doesn't, if it's not good for me, it's not going to be great for, for the kids anyone. we're trying to raise. No. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I'm very, we're very intentional about how we're raising our daughter. We're really trying to be present, emotionally regulated yep. people yep. that teach her emotional regulation. And yep. I think, yeah, second is just going to dysregulate everyone. So <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Um, so yeah i don't know i mean we're feeling pretty good with being a tripod right now and yeah i don't i don't know i feel like i'm leaning towards being a tripod but we'll see i the door is open you know i'm open to having my mind changed but right now i'm like one kid is good one and a dog she could be good friends with her dog that's (laughs) a trio is a good is a good group yeah Okay, I know we're kind of at time here. So I'm going to do our last bit here for two plugs. If we want to see some of like the cool shit Pat's doing, where do we look? And if we want to check out all of the work that you're doing, where do we look? Um, yeah, so you can follow along with Pat on his Instagram um, <laughs> at Pat Moore. <laughs> Should be easy to find. <laughs> Should be easy to find. He's not very active on TikTok. We tried going down that road. That is so not yeah, for you, me. <laughs> no, not for me either. So you can find him on Instagram. And he's also, 
you could also find him on Arbor. So he signed oh, with okay. Arbor Snowboards last year, and he's been working on an amazing new line of snowboards called Candle. Cool. Um, and Ooh. that's within the Arbor family. Yep. And his initiative with it was to kind of cultivate the next generation of snowboarding. So the new cool. new growth within snowboarding candle actually means the new growth on pine trees. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of symbolism to it, but he's, his dream has been to again, cultivate the next generation of snowboarders. So that's yep. what he's been working on with Arbor and he is really loving it. Um, he also rides for, Volcom and Vans and does yeah. some projects with them and among some other sponsors as well. I don't feel like I need to list all of them. No, um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's not my job. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of his world and what he's he's working on in the foreseeable future. And then as far as my world goes, I am a integrative nutritionist so I work predominantly with women's health and I do a lot with brain injuries I've been trying to get away from brain injuries after having a kid because it's a really heavy population yeah. of people to work with but I take some of those cases on but you can find me at more integrativehealth.com or okay. on Instagram uh, more integrative yeah all right I'm gonna put those in the uh podcast thing so that people can click oh. it I appreciate it. And I'll that. make it much more eloquent when I record the outro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. I am going to close us out here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you would share it with friends and family who may also enjoy it. To help me continue to get better at this and have more awesome guests on the show, rating and reviewing my podcast wherever you're listening is hugely helpful. If you have thoughts, reasonable feedback, and or guest recommendations, you can contact me via email at hello at emilyheron.com. That's hello at e-m-i-l-y-h-e-r-r-o-n.com. Check out the description of this episode for links to follow along with Chelsea and Pat Moore. If you're looking to see more about what I'm up to, you can head over to Skatewives on Instagram. See you next week.